<laughs> I literally don't know. I don't know how to deal. I'm like looking at these and. <laughs> hey, what is that? This is the second, the second image of him. It actually does look like a bird landed on his head. <laughs> <laughs> look, save it, save it for the pod. Save it for the pod. And my passion is to rid this great nation of America of soccer. Soccer here in the U.S. is due in part to the influx of immigrants saying, quote, I promise you, no American whose great-grandfather was born here is watching soccer. is a waste of our time, energy, and resources. I have a dream. I will not rest. Hello, welcome. What's up? Um, sir, let's fix football for this week. Um, it is the week of, week of August 10th. Um, it's your host, Gabe Lezra. I'm joined, as usual, my man, Evan Mateer, James Rustin. What's up, guys? Gabe, how how are you doing today? <laughs> I have been better, Evan. I've been better. But you sound like you're dying, uh, so you actually sound like you're in the process of actually dying. <laughs> so, you know. Right, we have like 40 minutes to do this pod before you actually Thanks, expire. <laughs> yeah, I am in the, I will. Yes, that's right. I have This is my dying declaration. This <laughs> is the very end of my life. <laughs> Oh my god. I am, I am hung over, folks. Um this is a tough one. <laughs> but we do have um a lot of funny shit to talk about, so that's always good. Um but yeah, I am in the process of expiring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean we all are, so let's get on with it, right? <laughs> it's like whatever. <laughs> so we got a bunch of different things to talk about this week. Very funny shit um going on both in the United States and in England, um, I think I want to start this week with, uh, I think, the USSF news, which is that they just have bungled the fair pay stuff with the Women's World Cup in such an amazingly funny way that even the process of hiring like the appropriate, like a publicist has backfired on them. So the the story coming out of the United States Soccer Federation is that they hired uh, – terrible lobbyists. <laughs> We're not even ter- I don't even know if they're terrible, but like really high powered lobbyists who basically argue that um, they, so they basically are arguing that they pay more money to the women than the men. Um, obviously this is in the wake of the fair pay, uh, uh, equal pay stuff that came out of the women's world cup where there was the whole chanting and um, even during the uh, trophy celebrations and, and, and the parade, and the kind of objectively true and fair claims that the women um, were not paid enough and not paid enough by uh, USSF commensurate, especially to the success that they've had um, relative to the men's team, which is garbage. Um, so, Evan, do you want to walk us through what's the hell going on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, 
so I think that this, so there's like two levels to this story. One is is, is less. One is way more stupid than the other one. So the one is like super predictable, and that's just that, like you said, USSF hired lobbyists who, and they're kind of doing a public relations campaign to argue that you know, oh, you're looking at this the wrong way. You know, if you look at it this other way, the the women's team has actually paid more. And like, there's all these you know stupid in it. the weeds arguments about like, do we include their salary for the playing in NWSL, which is technically paid by USSF for most of the star players. But then if we do that, then don't we need to take into consideration what the men make playing for their clubs? And it's all very stupid. Uh, but way stupider is the brilliant idea that the lobbyist had. And what they would do is ahead of the Democratic presidential debate, they would go to a number of Democratic presidential candidates and make this pitch to them in private to try to alter their opinion on this ahead of the debate. Which, what did they think? was going to happen. Did they think that, the, that like, Elizabeth Warren was going to step up on the stage the next night and be like, you know what, actually? <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and so it went... And, and so the most predictable thing happened, which was immediately these campaigns sent out emails saying, or messages saying, you know, uh, hey, USSF is trying to lobby us on, on equal pay right now. It's so dumb. That is such a dumb idea. Well, I mean, like, and what it shows is on top is that the lobbyists are incompetent. Like, how bad do you have to be at your job to think that that is a good idea? Like, you're going to go and lobby these people in the middle of a campaign. You're like Goldman Sachs, lob, like lawyers, uh, to go to lobby, like, these, like, every single one of them is running on, like, a populist thing, too. So it's like... Let's go and, and talk to these people. I'm sure they definitely won't use this the very uh, fact of us approaching them as a campaign tool. Yeah, that's the wild like, part. <laughs> you, could have, you could be 100% objectively right. Like you could have a chart showing, you know, with, with receipts yeah. showing that actually you paid $5 billion to each individual women pl- well, uh, you know, women's national team player. And it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. No. <laughs> At all, because the politics, like the lobbyists, are supposed to know about politics. Like that's their job. And that's the, the whole point. The, the whole point. point. And then, like <laughs> the like the politics for any of these presidential candidates is to shit on the U.S. Soccer Federation. It's such. I mean, and and lobbyists. <laughs> like, and lobbyists. They all shit on lobbyists every time that they speak. <laughs> So, like, if you're U.S. soccer, the decision in the first place to hire a lobbyist to talk to these people is a mistake. And then the, if you're a lobbyist, the I mean, I guess you're good on the lobbyists who are making their bag, you know, getting that money. Because, like, they, really, if they were trying to work in the best interest of their client, they'd be like, yeah, don't do this. <laughs> don't hire us to do this. That'd be if you know anything about politics, you would know that this won't work. And if anything, it'll reflect very negatively on you and you'll look like an idiot, which is exactly how USSF looks. It looks like fucking I, idiots. I have to be- I ha- as a professional, I, ha- I have to believe for my own sanity that this was yeah. client-driven <laughs> request. <laughs> and they were like, please, for the love of God, get do whatever you can to get Elizabeth Ward to stop talking about this. And they were like, no, you no, no this is a her. really bad idea. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 you have to go talk to her. I know it's highly likely that <laughs> no Republican candidates would, would agree with it, but I think they must feel a bit left out that they weren't approached at all. <laughs> That's a really good point. <laughs> So, yeah, like, 
Where is Donald Trump on this? Why hasn't he? Why hasn't he? You'd think that he would have something to say about this, and they're just like, "Oh my God!" I mean, I guess even even this level of incompetence, they would know that that approaching Donald Trump or like, you know, this. I guess any of the. I mean, there's no one running on the Republican side against Donald Trump yet. Yeah, but like, but you know what? Approach, they should, approaching the Trump campaign would have been a mis, would have been a mistake. I guess. I don't know. Like, I feel like if you can get the right guy to like talk to Donald Trump, you can get like you get the right person on Fox right in front of him, and then yeah. he tweets about it. So like, that's a good point. If you can get the the one you know graphic that he's able to understand in front of him, then he'll tweet out like, "Oh, you know, the men were actually paid nothing, and the women are now billionaires." <laughs> it's bad. Women, they're uh, taking all the men's money. Bad. Dishonest. Bad Dishonest. Lying media. Uh, it's actually a really good point. I don't understand why the lobbyists didn't just like go to to Hannity and just be like, "Hey, can you do a segment on?" On uh, you know how the actually the you know hashtag actually the men are paid much less than the women and how that's the real unfair part. You know why and, I think uh, they you know why I think they didn't is because I think that U.S. soccer is probably really worried about what happened in the wake of the women's World Cup where it became a political football where like MAGA world was super anti women's national team and yeah. I think that they're worried that the equal pay debate is going to become similarly polarized and like that's really probably very bad for U.S. soccer. That's a good point. It definitely, I mean, it definitely is bad for U.S. soccer. This whole thing is terrible for U.S. soccer. Yeah, just pay yeah, them. There, there's, a, there's a simple fix, though. Right? Like, like, whatever the merits are, just cut the damn check at this point. Yeah. It's not worth this fight. It's not. Like, whatever the, the amount of money that you think you're saving from this is not worth it. Just pay them. This is so dumb. So fucking dumb. Uh, yeah, so that's just the latest in a string of of real just. <laughs> we, I think we can charitably call them like U.S. Soccer own goals. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure we will. We will be back to this one. <laughs> this is and, it, and it, it, yeah, certainly. If this is any indication, this is not over because both. First of all, let's be clear: the lobbyists have no reason to stop milking this particular cash cow. So it's gonna have, there's gonna be more shit that they're gonna try to do, and U.S. Soccer. Is is obviously incompetent to so incompetent they're going to try to do some sort of damage control that's just going to be the like equivalent of punching themselves in the balls over and over again. Yeah, I mean, I'm ready for them to like try to give the women's team like a summer bonus or something, but it turns out it's like <laughs> it's like fifteen hundred dollars in a Wegman's gift card. <laughs> We're giving. See, we do pay you. We're paying you the same. Here's a gift card to Crate and Barrel. <laughs> Don't you women like to shop? They do be shopping, right? Here's a here's an Amazon gift card. Here's a few thousand dollars to Pottery Barn. Knock yourself out. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So jumping. I guess that's all. I mean, I don't have anything else to say about um, U.S. soccer. I mean, we can keep dunking on them because it's funny, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't have anything else to say about them because they're so dumb. Um. Let's see. Uh, we we I guess we can jump across the across the pond. Let's talk about what's going on in England. Obviously, we had the um, transfer deadline day, which uh, is a whole thing, um, and there was a lot of movement. I think Evan, a lot of the, I mean, I think a lot of the stories that 
that came out of the deadline day were related to Tottenham. So we get to talk about your team. I know that's really exciting. They had a, a big deadline day, and yeah. you know, so they they had Ndombele from earlier, but they finished off uh, the Lo Celso deal, which took forever, and some others. But the Lo Celso deal in particular is what I want to talk about because it has an yeah. angle, an angle that that is very hashtag on brand for us, something yeah, that we love, uh, which is um, it, it ba- also it is pronounced Lo Celso. That's right. Right. Like, yeah, I think there was some discussion. Yeah. But I heard him. I heard him say it. <laughs> so I think I think we can be sure, sure that it's not Lo Celso. Yes, not Lo, Chel- Lo Celso or whatever it was. I guess the, dis- the, the it was like whether or not you like pronounced it as an Italian name or as like more of a Spanish accent. Yeah. I don't know. But you're right. He introduced himself and said Lo Celso. So that's what it is. <laughs> Everyone was wanted to wanted to know that. That was the question that's been on my mind this whole time. Yeah. I should have known that too because he played in Spain and I've seen him play and I've literally heard people talk about him, which is pathetic. So I didn't, I still couldn't figure it out. So Lo Celso deal, yes. And the critical part of the deal is that um, it, it screws PSG, which yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. So he has this like ridiculous transaction history where like he was loaned to, well, well I can't even remember how, how it, you know, like there were loans between Real Batiste and, and PSG. He played in, you know, for PSG for a year, then ended up at Batiste. And long story short, he got sold to Batiste, but there was a 20% sell-on fee. And so they were, because it was like a loan with an option to buy. And so now they're sitting here, try, like the deal went to the, the wire because they wanted to get as much money as possible because they're sending 20% of this over to PSG and they had just paid whatever the fee was for them to land him um, right. literally months ago, Right. Um, and so this was like a huge problem because they don't just want to, you know, send the you know, Tottenham's fee directly to PSG. And so they came up with this ridiculous uh, structure for the transaction where technically he's on a year long loan with an option to buy that becomes mandatory if Tottenham makes any European competition, which is like almost certain to happen. But what they're going to do is the loan fee is not covered by the sell on clause. So that just goes straight to Batiste. And then they're going to deduct the loan fee from the total transfer amount that's due next season. So long story short, PSG gets a hell of a lot less money, which is very funny. That's, that is very funny, especially for, I mean, a team that has obvious FFP issues. Um, not that FFP means is me- and meaningful in any way, as we've found. But, like, it's funny as hell that uh, they're already, this is a team that's already struggling with FFP. It's already struggling with... Uh, an ownership group that's like not entirely sure that this is a great investment. So like finding another way to screw them over is always good. Yeah. And it screws them over in two ways, right? They don't get the money this year. So it doesn't get to go on FFP, you know, accounts for this year when they kind of need it. And then next year when they do get the cash, it's a lot less. (laughs) It's really good. Very funny. It's exceptional situation. You know, um, if Paris Saint-Germain or a team that's worrying about money, any good kicking that can be delivered via any means is just fantastic news. <laughs> Absolutely. It's just such good news. We love it. <laughs> it's really good. And it, as far as I can tell, this is all done just to spite them. Like, yeah, sure. Betis has want, like wants a little bit more money, but like, it's also like, fuck PSG specifically. Yeah. If you, if you could deeply, like, there is no reason why they've Tottenham had to do this in any way. That's just the way Batiste have argued for it, but because it seems from a Spurs side, there's almost like no reason. Yeah, 
Yeah, like, why you're, do it you're totally price? right. Like Spurs could have just sat sat till the last minute of the deadline and been like, no, this is the price. And eventually Batiste was going to blink because they needed the cash because they already spent it basically um, on, yes. on replacements. Um, and so, yeah, Spurs Spurs did, <laughs> did this uh, pretty much just despite PSG, which is amazing. Which is great. And that's we we love that because it's good to see teams doing shit like that for no reason, like for no reason, just out of spite. And I like it when act leads these teams act like that because it makes me remember that on some level these people are all humans. <laughs> They're like not just you know machines doing their shit, and they act out of specifically out of out of spite to screw over other teams for no reason. It's great. It's really good. It makes me makes me believe a little bit in uh, in all of this. It's a whole structure makes like it makes you believe in 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 humanity a little bit. I mean, this is a whole, the whole our you know the world is fucked up and terrible, but at least it, this it's going to be pretty funny while it goes down. So, um, <laughs> uh, we have another Spurs related news, Evan. You want to? No, I know. Into that? I know. So much Spurs. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, so this is about a deal that didn't happen, and it's not actually the deal that didn't happen that's terribly interesting, but why it didn't happen. So this is the the Paulo Diabala. Um, uh, deal where you know they Spurs were trying to set up this this huge move, you know, big statement of ten, extra extra cliches, um, and they reportedly agreed a fee. They reportedly agreed wages, but they couldn't get the deal done because apparently, uh, DiBala in as a teenager sold his image rights to a Maltese company, some shady ass Maltese company. For some amount of money. And so Spurs needed to buy these rights somehow or license them in some way. Otherwise, they would have to edit him out of like every video or picture that they take because they he literally doesn't own the rights to his own face. And and like through this saga, I learned that apparently this is kind of common in South America for like big prospects will sell their image rights. It's almost like an insurance against whether or not they're going to become good. Um, you know, cause maybe he never makes it right, but at least he gets a big chunk of cash early on for his rights. And, you know, for these shady ass predatory companies, it's like a lottery ticket. They just buy a bunch of these for who knows how much money, probably not very much. Um, and like if they hit on one, like they did with, with Dybala, then, you know, you know, it's a fucking huge payday. They were talking about 40 million pounds for Spurs to buy the image rights. And like, I don't see how, how, I don't know how they're ever going to transfer this guy. <laughs> That's, yeah, no, especially if this shady ass, you know, predatory third third party company, right? Like that's like based, you know, some obvious shell entity that is literally just to exist to scam young footballers, which is also funny in and of itself. If they won't sell them, like they then they they literally Juve will literally never be able to move him because this third party company has so much power over the way that his, I mean, like the way that they use his image in promoting their club. I mean, it's insane. I mean, I just wish I had a player who could be in that position to sell their image rights. It means they're going to be good. Well, that's true. Well, I, I mean, it does mean they're going to be good. It's also like they probably bought the image rights for like $10,000. Yeah. yeah see, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking that, yeah, they gave, they like, you know, basically like, hey, we'll buy your family a house for your image rights, right? Um, right. And like, and like as a teenager who you have no, you're, you're a 15 or 16 year old in an academy in, you know, in Argentina, you have no idea if you're going to make it. Like people are probably talking, you know, you're getting scouted at that point. 
And so like you have, you know, some kind of chance, but you don't, you don't know you're going to make it. And so you take it and, but you, you know, you don't realize how many millions of dollars or millions of pounds you're leaving on the, on the table down the road. If you do, do become successful. <laughs> and also how much power you're giving to some random, I mean, frankly, like incredibly obvious scam pyramid scheme company over your, your future, over your career. Like Dybala needs to get out of Juve. Like it's not working there right now. And so like for the good of his career, he needs to move whether that's to Spurs or somewhere else. Like he, it's not working yeah. with him and Ronaldo on the field at the same time. And so he had a terrible season last year and people are going to let that happen so long before they stop thinking about you as like a top end talent. Um, and they already, I mean, they've already begun to you know, stop. Like he's already, his stock has fallen so far. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago when it was like, Madrid were thinking of bringing, like, trying to go out and get him for like 150 million. Yeah. And like, I was like, oh, that's a good deal. I'd take that. And like, now, like, I, I mean, he is, I, I don't even think he, you could even put him in the conversation among the top, no. like, these top level players, which is amazing how far he's fallen. And this, apparently, this company, this fucking, you know, absolute, pure, like, fucking, you know, herbal life of, of, of young kids uh image rights or whatever like owns like has so much power over this kid's like Paula Dybala's career like that's insane like it's just, like this whole thing is so fucking crazy i don't i don't know how to make but it but there must be some kind of i don't know i'm not, i wouldn't be clued upon this but there must be some kind of legal case that can be brought because those these image rights they have to be bullshit it's like you can't own the right to your own face so, I mean, this is something that actually did come up. So apparently a big complicating factor is actually in the United Kingdom or either in the United Kingdom or, or just in the Premier League generally. I can't remember which one it is, but image rights are essentially not recognized or the sale of image rights are not recognized. And this, this might be a matter of UK law. And so this was really complicating it because it was making it harder for them to, um, you know, work out a legal deal for, you know, for a, a licensing, it, you know, as such. Like in the US, you can do this. You can sell your image rights. It's a thing that you can do. But apparently in the UK, and it, clearly you can in Argentina. Um, right. But well, apparently maybe. in the UK, it's different. And that was really making it a lot more complicated to try and negotiate right, So because we were a paragon of virtue. I mean, Oh, he has. That's right. (laughs) Especially with you, like appropriate uses of people's images. That's definitely a norm, like a very high. Yeah. Very UK. Tell Piers Morgan about (laughs) appropriate use of images. So we can go back to the. (laughs) (laughs) One show. (laughs) I couldn't even make it one show. <laughs> image right, you know, different image rights laws would just completely tank the the British tabloid industry, and we just can't have that. <laughs> we can't have that. And if there were any, you know, I'm talking about image rights. Maybe um, Pierce Morgan should consider, you know, actually putting some care in his own actual image. I mean, oh, burn. what a what burn. are those? What's that on his head? Come on. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's terrible. I'm, sorry. I'm fucking so, so dead. <laughs> <I'm so> dead. <laughs> Oh, it's just, oh God. I think uh, to sum up that story, I think it's important to remember that almost all of youth football is a complete racket and absolute scam that preys on a lot of kids. And this is just one example of how much it sucks. That's 
Yeah, like, and all these contracts are probably, like, written on the back of napkins and shit. And, like, but they signed, like... Uh, uh, no, you know, they were these... totally a form contract sent attached to an email and it just says, say yes. <laughs> it's true. Like, like, type in your initials here to sign this yeah, contract. and sell away your image rights for your... You know, it's not even, like, for the next 10 years, for your entire life. Entire life image rights. Imagine... Jesus. Like, imagine, imagine having some... Like predatory scam company own your like your lifetime image rights like this. Imagine what, I this does if, for, imagine what this does for endorsements and shit too, right? So like that's what basically what an endorsement is about. It's like okay, Nike, you can use me in an ad, but presumably that money goes to whoever owns his image rights. Yeah. No. Right. Exactly. Well, that is oh uh, god, so terrible. Awful. And I'm surprised no one used the headline "image wrongs." Because there's, there is nothing oh. right about this. Oh! <laughs> it's wrong. I mean, I just... This is... It's such an insane story because it's so clear that... Like, to me, it's so clear what the scam is, right? Like, that the... Uh, that it's so clear that there's a that these companies exist solely for the purpose of this exact scenario. But the thing that I don't understand is... Why didn't the company just agree on a normal price for like why did the company hold out for him staying at Juve? I don't understand that aspect of it. Like what is the motivation of the company to be the sticking point in this deal other than like it not really existing or like I don't know. I just I'm 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 a lot this a lot of this is baffling to me but like the the company being the main reason that this was a sticking point is is particularly baffling because you'd think like and, Wouldn't and, the company be where they be want him to move and sell the image, right? Like, why do you like? What is the point of this stupid like scam unless you can cash in? I think it's a combination of them. Like, this is like I think that they only cash in when they get a hit, and so they really got to hold out for a lot of money because, like, they don't get like they probably give out a lot of these contracts, and yeah. not many of them develop. And, and I think the second thing might be what we were talking about before, which is like the legal aspect of whether these are even enforceable in the UK. Oh, right, they can't have one of their like kids that they scammed eventually go play in the UK because. Then their scam contract will be legally void. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, it's it's there's a lot here. Um, I also okay. So here's another here's another thing that's a uh, a lot um to handle. I'm James. Do want you do you want to explain to us what the hell's happening with uh, Bolton and Okay. Bray? So if you were to kind enough, if you're a listener, if you were kind enough to open up a League One table, so League One confusingly is the third tier of English football. You have the Premier League, the English Football League Championship, um, the English Football League League One, English Football League Two, and then you have the, the conference. So you can go down to pub teams, um, but the third tier. If you go to the bottom of the the third tier, League One, um, there are two teams that have minus points. Okay, one is Berry, one is Bolton. <laughs> Um, interestingly enough, Berry were promoted into the league due to their footballing success. Bolton were relegated into your, into the league because they were having a nightmare off the pitch. They were owned by a bloke called Ken Anderson. He had no interest in the football club. It seemed like a bit of a bank to him. Um, they weren't paying the paying the players. Blah blah blah. These things happen to football clubs. Both happen to be in the same league now, and both 
are really struggling to get anything going. Bury have a owner called Steve Dale. Steve Dale says that the English Football League is working against the League One club. Um, Bolton are undergoing a takeover, which was suspended because the administrators are there. The administrators is why they have minus points, because if you go into administration in the English Football League or in the Premier League, in English football, you, for whatever reason you are hit with a points deduction, which is uh, seems like the worst possible thing to do to a club. <laughs> the worst thing to do. It's what like an amazing rule. Financially struggling club, just shoot them in the neck. It's <laughs> just like... So... <laughs> it seems like you're having trouble there. Let me go in and just kick you in the yeah, face. This is, uh, that is pretty much what has happened to Berry and Bolton. The difference, of course, being that Bolton have had a years of misery and Berry relatively successful last season in getting promoted from League 2 to League One. Um, Steve Dale is the uh, new owner of Bury. Um, he says that the EFL are actively working against the League One club. Um, the EFL have said that you there is no evidence that the Bury are financial. You know, you're not viable. There is no way your cash is working. And Steve Dale has absolutely went to war with them. He says, I'm the owner of this football club. Please recognize me and my cash. The EFL said, you're not paying any players. And you have seven players. <laughs> Don't even have a full yeah. team. So, Bury, their game's been postponed. Um, two fixtures have taken place in the English Football League, and some teams have played three because they have a Carabao Cup fixture. Bury have played none. So, three games have happened. <laughs> yeah, Bury have played no games. Bolton, on the other hand, have managed to play two, but they've only been able to field a team of academy graduates who have by all accounts, performed heroically. The problem with Bolton and Bury is they can't pay any bills, salaries, seemingly. They're, they're stuck in a financial limbo. Bolton's is extremely concerning in a sense that they were almost taken over by a group called Football Ventures last week before a bloke called Lawrence Bassini filed kind of um, a high court order to prevent the sale. Bassini wanted to buy Bolton, and he has been wanting to buy Bolton all season, well, all year, since 2019 really ticked over. The interesting thing yeah. about that date is when 2019 ticked over, it was the kind of, it was when his sanction ended. Bassini wasn't allowed to own a football club because potentially because he was laundering money through Watford. <laughs> oh my God, this, this rule. So Bassini turned up the other day outside of Bolton Stadium with a bunch of paper throwing it in the air, getting extremely angry about the fact that Bolton Wanderers were perhaps being sold without him having a fair say in it. And uh, the administrators have finally said, come out and said, we're absolutely outraged that this uh, this deal to sell the club to football ventures who look to be decent enough owners, we've had to suspend it. And it, it, it's because chaos. Of this. Yes. So because of this guy who is like, he previously used football clubs to launder money and, it's like somehow tossing a fit because the club that's in bankruptcy that he wants to buy to probably do the same thing Bottom. is trying to be sold to an actual the owner. Man, the manager that's of Bolton, funny. which is Phil, who's Phil Parkinson, he's obviously had to do a wonderful job to at least field a team. He has urged Bassini yeah. just to <laughs> piss off, basically, just leave us alone because. Well, if Bassini takes oh, over, do crimes elsewhere. <laughs> so, there's so much like, bad faith. If he were to actually fund the deal and take over it'd be it'd be bad from the get-go regardless of his crimes everyone hates him (laughs) 
<laughs> on top of all the crimes. What a great start. <laughs> just go do something. Do this somewhere yeah, else. Just, yeah, just go go open a bad restaurant to launder your money like everybody Rough else. That's how he's, yeah, the normal other that's how he started. Thing. And his, uh, his Wikipedia article, well, his page, is regularly edited to call him Bozo the Clown, all this stuff. <laughs> um, he managed to take over Watford before the uh, Pozzo family took over. You know the guys who own uh, the family who owns Udinese. They took over eventually, and it's a relative, it's a successful football club mm-hmm. now. But Bassini was the precursor to them, and he changed his name to Bassini. I'm not sure what it was before, but it, it, he did change his name after being made bankrupt because his his uh, restaurant, a, a cheap pub in Buckinghamshire, failed, and so he. I can't believe I totally called that. <laughs> you were, he was doing laundry, like the normal money laundering thing, and then he, I just this, there's so much there's so there's just so much here to I don't think we're going to be able to unpack. It's very, all yeah, it's of very it, hard but... to unpack. There's just so much about it. Um, Bassini has he has a history of just doing these wild public, you know, the the spontaneous stunts, like he put a red builder's helmet on. And walked around Watford, um, giving interviews to you know the local newspaper. Um, when he was ordered into court, he pretended to pass out. It's just he's been ba- he's made made bankrupt twice in the last ten years. So. I mean, it sounds like he has all the qualifications to be prime minister. Yeah, <laughs> he just needs to walk away from this and just go. Well, BPM. funnily enough, Evan, yeah. um, his statement to um, the Jewish Chronicle was that he said. Um, they got an exclusive with him. For what, whatever reason, they tried to get an exclusive with him. Um, what? He said, I'll make Bolton Wanderers great again. <laughs> oh, my God. God damn it. God damn it. We Oh, the, <laughs> we live in the worst <laughs> fucking hell. We, we so somehow stumbled into a really bad satire. <laughs> We live in hell. This is so yeah, bad. Bastini's last involvement with Bolton was uh, to be, he brought all his legal documents in front of fans and said he'll tell them the true story outside the stadium. So a number of blogs and media, and the BBC turned up as well um, to live stream it, and he was just going crazy, saying how unfair it was and how embarrassing it is. Um, he was sweating loads as well. So he was, he was, God. <laughs> imagine, imagine being a Bolton supporter, right? And your choice is like, I can either have this money laundering Trump wannabe criminal, or something with the dystopian name Football Ventures. <laughs> well, <laughs> my his, owner, his friends, right, right. the people who were involved with him or who dealt with him when he was on the board of Watford, um, said that he's erratic. Um, he seems to like having bad news kind of produced about him. Um, but he's oddly charming and can do he can do generous things, but he just seems to be, bottom line, incredibly annoying. <laughs> he seems incredibly annoying, but that seems like to be the least problem with him owning a football yeah, the main club. Problem is like, the money disappears whenever a... he's around. <laughs> yeah, that could be a problem, especially That's for a, a club with no issue. money. Yeah. yeah. Like, but also, like, you have to ask why he wants this club specifically. Also, you know, like, why? What are you doing? What, what do you want with I this have club? About like, this, it, this answer, and I think it is the only football club he could buy. For you know, there is <laughs> there is no other football club that he could actually afford because he's got no money. <laughs> 
so he has to choose the totally bankrupt one. It's sad. I mean, it is a little sad because, frankly, Bolton is sort of a legacy club. I remember, I mean, they were in the, the, the Premier League just a few years ago. I mean, not a few years ago, but I get, like, in the 2000s, they were definitely, like, a staple in that middle middle of the table. So it's, like, very, very sad. It's, it's sad on that that level, but, like, you just, if you can't, Pay like you can't pay your players. You can field the you can field three salaried contracted players on your team, and everyone else is like academy people. Uh, and you're getting docked points because you're bankrupt. And then you have this guy like who is as far as I can can tell like a drunk clown trying to buy you. It is you're not. I mean, like this is not. You're not doing great. And I don't know how, I mean, I would rather, I mean, if I were a Bolton fan, I would think of like, maybe it's time to just put the club down. <laughs> it's just, I just shut it down. I don't think it's going to work it's anymore. A good run. Yeah, it is, it is exactly like that. Because if a few years ago when they were in League One and they, they got promoted, it seemed to be, you know, everyone was feeling good. They went during the championship and they had Phil Parkinson. Their, their mad owner, Ken Anderson, seemed to at least be somewhat of a fair owner. And they just went, insane again and that was last season so it's just in a circle <laughs> of really just bad news i need to start paying more attention to the to the the efl so funny. i really do it's just whenever yeah there's got to be so much so much good shit FFP down there. had a massive effect on the championship the, the, no the clubs are really scared to spend any money because what happened what, what happened last season with <laughs> birmingham city were among one of the big, biggest spenders in terms of when you compare turnover to, to wages. So what the EFL did was put their hand on the table and get a hammer and just smash it and just say, you've got a nine. They were on the verge of you know, making a run for promotion. And the EFL said, well, here's a nine point deduction in March. And Jesus. there were bigger spenders. There's Aston Villa, Derby County, um, plenty of others. Sheffield Wednesday, there's a lot of big spenders in the championship. This season, barely anyone has spent much at all, anything of real note. In fact, they're looking to sell big. This is this is a huge actual story, actually, and like, and, and this is like pretty silly. For uh, it's silly that we are one of the like we're covering this. We're sort of a like a joke fun show, but like this is an actual story that we should like deserves real serious journalism because the. As far as I can tell, we we kind of taught. I mean, James, I think we talked about this last year, but like we talked about this this problem with FFP, where the issue is that the big clubs are all evading it, or they're so flagrantly and blatantly violating it that UEFA literally just gives up and <laughs> refuses to enforce it because it would destroy them. Uh, but the actual people that are bearing the brunt of this are the kind of low level teams without a ton of cash flow who are now who would normally be like taking loans to buy players and move money. And like, that's how they functioned. They just don't do, they just won't be allowed to do that anymore. And now we're seeing the practical effect of that is that these clubs are all terrified to spend money and, or take on any debt. And they're being, they basically, the problem is that that bankrupts them. They have to keep, they have to do that. I mean, this is not, if, especially for a, a, a low-level team, this is not a lucrative industry. Like, this isn't – you don't own a football club, especially not like a, you know, a mid- or low-level team because you want to make tons of money. Unless you're 
laundering it, right? Which is some, a lot of these people probably are. Being and then, and then the like losses money. are. Then the losses are the point. Yeah, that's the whole point. Right. Right. The whole point is to lose money at that point. Right, and so this isn't a lucrative industry. You don't get into this because you want to lose or because you want to make money. You're gonna, you're probably gonna lose money. And the FFP is, and the FFP, and it turns out the the league is deeply penalizing that exact process, which is sa- yeah, insane. So it's, uh, it's it's a really stupid situation. The EFL have had a lot of shots fired at them, and I guess the the carrot there for these teams in the in the championship is spend try and spend as much money as you can to get to the Premier League because then you're safe. Like you get you get loads. By default, you yeah. can do whatever you want. Um, but then, uh, I guess if you fail FFP in the championship, it's more so that you you were stupid enough not to bend the rules. You tried to be honest about it. Like, yeah. how many clubs sold their stadiums to themselves last season to get around it? And Birmingham didn't. And then Birmingham got punished. So <laughs> it's like, you either have to look and read these rules from cover to cover and think figure something out to get around it, or you're going to get slapped in the face. Well, yeah. Villa were kind of Aston Villa were kind of staring down the barrel of the gun. Like they really needed yes. to win yeah. the promotion playoff and get promoted because they spent a bunch of money and they were going to be completely fucked if if they had uh, you know had lost to the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what kind of good solution you could have to enforcing any financial rules in the championship because you know if you're smart enough you'll get around it and if you're dumb enough you'll just die. Yeah. Just die, and you'll it'll be really messy, and like a like bald hooting clown will dance on your grave, like this guy. You'll <laughs> end up being owned by like this, like mm-hmm. nut jobs, you know. And I mean, frankly, whatever. I mean, uh, I know James, you have a hard out um, in a couple minutes, so I wanted to give you one. Um, chance to comment on our final uh, story, which is um, what's going on with Jack Grealish's hair, man? What's happening here? We're looking at a couple images, and uh, it, it is That second rough. image isn't flattering, right? <laughs> I think there, there are photos where it looks all right. The haircut's not 